Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I thank you for joining me for another week. I hope you've been enjoying these interviews that I've been doing. I've been having a great time conducting them, and I've been learning from some of the people who have already been in the industry, who have their own business, entrepreneurs, and everybody of that sort. And uh, before we get into this week's interview with Mowgli the Iceberg from Indie Tribe, I want to give a thanks to uh, patron Aaron Simpkins and True Strength Apparel. They are, uh, Aaron signed up on patreon.com to support the show. You could do so as well. Just head over to businesswithbordo.com and there's different perks you get. Uh, some of the interviews have video footage that are not included in the regular podcast, obviously, but you get special access to those if you sign up for the $5 tier. And, uh, then there's also a three and a $1 tier. So if you want to support the show financially, you can head over to businesswithbordo.com and do that. And I also want to tell you to check out trackstars.com. Trackstars is a great, great company, a radio show, podcast. They host Debate Fuel, which just started back up this week. So don't forget to go and check that out over on SoundCloud. It's a, it's a sports show. So if you're a sports fan, then they have some great discussions um, along with some other stuff over there as well, too. So anyway, trackstars.com and uh, sign up for the Trackstars podcast or follow the Trackstars podcast over on iTunes and Google Play and all those good uh, other podcast player platforms. So anyway, um, yeah, so we'll go ahead and jump into the interview. Like I said, this is Mowgli the Iceberg, and we're talking about music business and uh, some business stuff in general, but this is primarily around music business. So if you are an artist, independent artist who was trying to make it into the music industry, this would be some good stuff for you. So anyway, without further ado, here is my interview with Mowgli the Iceberg. All right, welcome back to the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Today is a special day. I do have a guest with me, and I hope I say his name right. I want to welcome Mr. Jacob Hornberg. Did I say that right? That's You said the government correctly. All right. <laughs> All right. He's also known as Mowgli the Iceberg. Um, he is a recording artist, and... Uh, he has some experience in business, and you've seen him on the Track Stars podcast a couple of times. And and I'll be honest, that that was primarily the reason I wanted to reach out to you was because I know you have a lot of business background. Yeah, yeah. And and so I wanted to uh, to touch base with you and, and see what you got going on now, and um and just kind of pick your brain for for the listeners of the show. And so, but before we get into all that good stuff, if you would, if you could give us a just a brief background of yourself and some of your education and then some of your business experiences. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've been making music, uh, for about, uh, coming on like nine years now. Um, and everything that, that I've, I've ever done has been completely self-taught like it from, from writing and recording to mixing, to mastering, to producing, to doing my own videos, to doing my own graphic design, to learning how to get my stuff online and going through publishing and just signing with a pro and all that, like almost everything about what I do, like I just learned off the internet, <laughs> you know, mostly, mostly off YouTube. Um, so I actually, I went to college uh, at a place called MTSU. It's right outside Nashville and it has a, has kind of a crazy reputation 
for a music business program and an audio production program. A lot of a lot of big people have gone to school there. A, a lot of the people in Christian hip hop have made their way through there. Derek Minor, Lecrae did a semester at MTSU. Street, Street Symphony was there. Um, there's there's a lot of crazy connections and stuff that have passed through the program. But uh, I actually didn't go there for music business. I, I, I got uh, a marketing degree while I was there. And kind of my whole mentality with things was the, the one thing that I was certain about the music industry is that the music industry is really uncertain. And just because somebody had success 10 or 15 years ago doesn't necessarily really mean anything anymore if they don't have a mindset that is constantly readapting and, and uh, re-examining and looking where to exploit the, the new opportunities that, that exist around us. So my whole mentality was, um, you know, I'm just going to get a marketing degree. I'm going to learn the fundamental concepts of business, and then I'm going to learn how to apply those concepts of business to whatever the music business becomes. And at the same time, I'll be in that proximity. I'll be in the same social circles with all these people that came from all over the country to do music. So, you know, I knew going into things that, you know, a degree in music business or whatever isn't going to get you a job. Your your portfolio, your talent, your connections and, uh, you know, your work ethic is going to get you a job. But in the meantime, you know, I wanted my college degree to be valuable. So uh, getting a marketing degree, I figured, you know, um, that that was a good backup plan for me. Uh, and that would be a way to make money after college and invest in in my music career and you know support a family if i need to so that was uh that was kind of kind of my thoughts going into all that cool cool so did you know you like did you just want to go to business school and you pick marketing is marketing something that you had kind of a passion for to begin with or well how did you come to marketing so really so it it's kind of started in high school i was in a club called deca that's like a sales and marketing affiliation and we do these competitions and stuff and they, they have competitions at like the local and the state and the national and the international level and I ended up just being super good at it and basically I mean like for, for lack of a better term like mar marketing in a lot of cases in that context is just being able to realize the dynamic of power and and supply and demand and whatever product or service is being sold and realizing how to bridge the gap between producer and consumer um and, and i ended up be doing really really well in in those competitions i actually went to per, uh, competed in international decade competition and was like recognized for like you know um acting on part of like my state and my country and stuff. I, I just had a knack for it. And that's when I really kind of saw that marketing is like this link of as long as we're in a capitalistic society where people are buying and selling goods and services, there's always a place for marketing people. You know, it's very broad. It's, it's because it's very broad, it's kind of ambiguous in what it can morph to and it can just go into a lot of open-ended ways. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what would you say would be the most interesting thing, uh, interesting aspect about business that you enjoy dealing with? I know a lot of business people, they kind of have the different parts of business they enjoy. And uh, what would you say yours is? I mean, definitely, like, I think that the cool thing in with 
you know, you you got to kind of separate just business in general because everybody everybody that's employed is involved in business in general. But um, you know, when you really start taking an entrepreneurial mindset to it, and you start of looking just at the world as like um, just constant opportunities, and really seeing where your talents are where your connections are, where your strengths are, and how you can apply that to better yourself, I think is just very, very exciting when you view the world through that lens. I think that a lot of people, when it comes to employment or or their finances or the business, so a lot of people kind of have like an entitlement mentality of like they're waiting for somebody to give them an opportunity. And that can be very frustrating in a very competitive world that's changing, you know, the the rules of how our parents played and our grandparents played. You know, if you if you have that mindset, that can be very frustrating. But if you think of, you know, everything in life in the, in terms of being an entrepreneur and thinking what you have, what what about you has value and how your value can uh, how you can offer people I think that a lot of the times the world looks a lot more exciting and you see a lot more opportunity so real quick where do you think that entitlement mentality might come from man there there's a lot man uh, I, I I think there's a, a lot of things in our culture um I think a lot of it comes from government programs a lot of it, I mean I, I think a lot of it comes from um, kind of this parental philosophy that everything needs to be super fair you know like everybody deserves a trophy everybody deserves this or that or that but in, at, at the end of the day i mean like <laughs> other than your fundamental rights that are given to you from god but in the constitution you're not really entitled to anything so i i don't know um i i think that there's there's been a lot of catering that uh that my generation has experienced and that's not necessarily always a good thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, um, I hear that some, and I think there's two sets of, uh, you know, of what has been labeled millennials. Uh, I feel like there's some who, who do have kind of an entitlement, entitlement mentality. And then there's another set who was like, you know, I'm gonna work as hard as I can to get what I really desire. Yeah, and um, and and you know you got you got to think that you know that we're we're just products of the way that we were raised. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. and, and and I think it's impossible to look at these things in a vacuum and not consider uh, government policies and the way that you know just our world changed after and during like World War II and all the, the, the new areas that our, our government started to go into, you know, it, it, we, we think of this as a, as a, this solid system, but it's all pretty, it's all pretty liquid. Like it's all pretty new and people are still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and what the effects of all these macro so social engineering things are. So, um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is, but I think that's definitely a a cultural trait that goes on pretty heavy. Yeah. I um, definitely see that a lot. And even within, you know, business school, I I see some of that and, you know, some people. So, uh, so it was definitely there. So moving on with, uh, you know, talking about entrepreneurship, do you think that that good business sense is something that is learned 
through over over time, do you think we can just learn how to adapt to things, or do you think it's just something that we're born with and grows? You know, I feel like it is. I, I think it's a mentality of there has to be a learned mentality of um, knowing how to apply. You know, just just the world in a business sense. I think that if you if you can get people to see it, everybody kind of thinks like an entrepreneur in one sense or another. They might just not apply the philosophy to everything. You know, so I mean, like everybody looks out for their own self-interest. Everybody is looking to um, offer something of themselves or something else, whether it's in your relationships or or on a business scale or whatever. But um, I think that a lot of people don't realize that they're how often they do think like an entrepreneur and uh, how it's all connected. So I don't know. I think I think it's I think our the the way we set up our system is pretty fundamental to human nature obviously some people i think are more objective in their reasoning and can see things clearer and more objectively that can make them a better business person or make them have better business sense and i you know i i don't know where i stand with nature versus nurture how much of that is innate how much of that is taught with your parents or your culture i i don't know if anybody can say that for sure gotcha yeah so moving on to your um to to what you actually do with music uh what kind of role do you play in in indie tribe so um indie tribe you, you know we're 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 in a kind of uh an exciting spot and right now it's it's still it's still a collective so you know i'm an artist i'm a producer i i do everything for myself dylan is an artist and uh he doesn't produce his own stuff but he you know he has uh production insight and creative direction into everything that he does. Jerry Mana can do everything that he does by himself. We're all independent artists, but as an indie tribe, you know, we're, we're, we're a collective that's uh, constantly just helping each other on, uh, on a practical business momentum sense, but even more so, I think on a personal development level, I just really like being brothers, you know, but uh, with that, I'm always looking how I can better myself, you know, with my own brand and my own artist. And of course, like anything that works, I'm going to share, <laughs> you know, so um, I, I'm, I'm a lot more of a uh, analytical person. I do really well. I kind of think in a lot of objective terms and I think in numbers and I study statistics and <laughs> I really uh, I, I take what I do pretty seriously. And because it's all my money that I'm putting into it, you know, I'm, I'm very careful with how I spend my money, what's fruitful, what works, what doesn't work, and identifying what about it with me makes that work that might not work with No Big Deal or with Jerry Mana or what their strengths might work that might not work with me. So just uh, constantly trying to look at trends and just share that information the best I can with with them and um, you know just piggyback off of each other's momentum. Right. Now, is 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 any tribe an official label? Like, is there any kind of uh, is it LLC? Right. So, so Indie Tribe is is it, it's an LLC right now. So, Indie Tribe itself is a business, but it's not a label. So, um, okay, Indie Tribe, you know, no, no big deal started that, and uh, him and his wife run the LLC. And I think I'm communicating this correctly, but I, I could be slightly wrong. But we're, we're not a formal record label as of right now. We don't have contracts to each other um, at any time. 
any of us could sign a contract to work with anybody else. Um, but it, it, we would still maintain the collective kind of group identity, uh, almost more, more like a clique, if you will. But depending on how things go, um, Dylan's got a bunch of big releases planned for 2017. Uh, so do I. We're prob we're looking at doing a indie tribe EP sometime uh, in the near future. Um, and depending on what what can happen with all that, you know, um, we might be in a situation where it might make sense for one or all of us to partner with a larger organization, or it might make sense to just do everything the completely organic, independent route and make ourselves an official record label, but. That, that's that's plans that we're probably looking at for like years in the future that you know we we want to make sure that like before we try to put anybody else on or bring anybody else up that we can we're in legitimately a place where we can do that and i think a lot of people make the mistake of trying to put too many people on and stretch themselves too thin before they're in really in a situation where they can do that because as it is right now none of us are making like full-time money off of music <laughs> you know so we at least got to get to that point um, and be right. in a comfortable situation there before we can really think of like, how, how are we going to use this, this formula or whatever we figured out and, and apply it to other people. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I learned myself is that anytime you're trying to create something, you, you start small, you get all the kinks worked out of the smaller level. Uh, so kind of like you're talking about with the three of you trying to figure out how to get it to be completely self-sufficient and be able to do it full time before you start adding other people to it. And, and I feel like a lot of people, their, their first idea of anything is to grow, 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 grow. And I know in a lot of times in the music industry that comes across as having a whole bunch of people that, that you're working with all the time. And, um, so I'm glad you pointed that out. And, you know, it's, it, there are a lot of people that we're very, very deeply connected with that aren't like, quote unquote, officially indie tribe people, you know, like, um, we, we, we just have a ton of relationships that we've been able to build with really awesome people. And just because we're not affiliated in like a, a super official sense, you know, like, there are a lot of people that we're networked with that we we stretch each other's backs we we help with promo we'll we'll do features in exchange for other type of work we'll do work for work or whatever um but you know that's very, very different from like taking somebody and being this like yo this person's never put out any music we're gonna debut you and try to make you successful you know like it's it's more it's more lateral building than anything else than trying to like build somebody up in a vertical way right so would you say right now is a really good time to be making connections connections and yeah absolutely and you know it, it's crazy man like th th there are a lot of people you know like we, there there's a lot of people that listen to our music because we're, we're not like famous by any means or anything like that but you know at the end of the day it's still like a pretty pretty dope amount of people and a lot of the people that we're affiliated with are they're kind of in the same area in their careers man people can pop off really quick you know so you never know who uh who you've just been scratching their back and all of a sudden they have the opportunity to scratch yours back in a major way <laughs> oh yeah i know um i mean people are definitely knowing what what y'all are doing because the uh the last single that uh no big deal put out the 
what was it uh was it purple Dinosaur. purple dinosaur yeah okay <laughs> i thought it was i was trying to be sure i just saw another dinosaur thing uh somewhere else and i was trying to make sure i wasn't mixing that up but yeah he got a lot of love on that one and um and so but, and you know like i i did a track with uh and my dude steven malcolm like two years ago and you know at the time not a whole lot of people knew who either one of us were and then like you know i started building a lot and he started building a lot and next thing you know man he's he's signed to word records he's on he's on a major record deal he's doing winter jam and stuff <laughs> you know it's like man it's, that's wild that i was able to you know really connect with him before he's honestly at a point where he's kind of un unattainable or unreachable <laughs> you know right who who was the guy again you said Stephen Malcolm? Yeah, okay. I was going to say, when you said Winter Jam, I remember seeing that name on the Winter Jam poster this year. Yeah, so. yeah, man. There's a, yeah, I, I expect some pretty, some pretty crazy things coming from him in the next year. Cool, cool. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. So, what else is in store for, um, in, in the future for the marketplace? How do you think, what kind of changes are you seeing in general, um, that that you think that businesses or those who are entrepreneurs need to really keep in mind as they're jumping into the entrepreneur role and trying to create a business are, are there any specific trends that you're really seeing that that people need to be on the lookout for i know i've seen a couple of things but i'd love to see kind of your thoughts behind it and um you know, what kind of advice in general you would give those who were really wanting to try to start creating a business from the ground up I know it's kind in of a, a loaded in a, question. In sorry. the context of in the context of music. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's do music, uh, being that that's where your specialty is. Right, right. So, um, and and just as a side note, so like, I mean, I I I I make music. I'm an artist. You know, I'm I'm starting to make like a decent amount of money on that. It's cool. It's not enough to sustain myself full time, but it's encouraging. But in the meantime, you know, I work a full time job as well. And I, I work in marketing uh, strategy and uh, video and audio production for a large service company. So, you know, uh, there, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of overlap in principles generally in marketing. But just speaking on on music, just in, in the instant, um, I think that you really just got to um, take an objective look of how you're going to ultimately make your money and plan kind of everything around that. You, the, you know, album sales are going down each and every year. Um, I'm sure when me and Dylan put out projects, we're, we're going to sell albums, but honestly, like if your business model is contingent on that, it's not going to, you know, you're just going to be out of luck in, in a decade's time at least, right? you know, or at most um, so really you got, you got to look at the future and that's, that's in streaming and, uh, think of, you know, what is, what can you do to be successful in a streaming economy? Uh, and you got to look at the numbers realistically to, if you own a hundred percent of your rights, which I do, um, you're going to need to be pulling about 350, 400,000 streams a month to end up making about $20,000 a year. <laughs> you know, um, wow. that's a lot of streams. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, that of course, you know, if you have that many people listening to you where you can make that much money on streaming, you're, you should be doing shows, you should be selling merch. So there are other income streams that uh, ultimately your live income will be the most of where your money is. But, uh, if, if, if you can base your model of how to be 
um, independently financially floatable just on streaming, that's that's the bar. That's where you're going to need to be. So what that means is for me, I have to be as independent as possible. A lot of people, um, a lot of people don't realize how quickly money gets split up when you put out music on a commercial level. So you know, I produce just about all of my records. If somebody else just produced all my records, that's about half of my money gone right off the top. <laughs> you know, right. like they made the that's that's half of the money. So now for you to float yourself off streaming instead of three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand, you're looking at seven hundred thousand to eight hundred thousand right off the top. That's just because you're working with a producer, which is like ninety five percent of rappers. Mm. You know, um. And, you know, rather be than letting that discourage you, think of that realistically and learn how to produce your tracks. Like a lot of people are like, oh, man, well, I just don't know how to do that. Like you, if I, I just can't do all this stuff myself, it's like, dude, I didn't start out knowing how to do any of this. Like you have the Internet, like literally like the entire sum of mankind's knowledge is accessible at the click of like your keyboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it, 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 it just it, use it you know you can teach yourself music theory you can teach yourself how to record you can teach yourself how to produce you can there's a tutorial for everything on youtube oh, you yeah. know you got to start somewhere. so start early man like a lot of people in high school man like and even in college you know, how many time how much time are so many people going to just spend playing video games you know if you if you turn that mindset and like think of time that you can put in like time is your most valuable resource. So like go and learn a skill. And if you're not into music, man, learn how to code or learn how to like make websites or something, learn how to make videos or do something like you have time when you're in high school. And like, I know people that have been able to take advantage of that time when you don't have bills and you have time after school that have been able to make $80,000 a year with online businesses, you know, like while they're in high school, oh, yeah. while their friends are playing videos and not doing anything. So, um, you know, for anybody starting out, learn, start early as, as early as you can and learn how to do as much as you can by yourself, but know your limits, you know, um, know when you, you need to bring other people in, but don't do it until you absolutely have to, until you've you've worked as hard as you can, you know, because eventually there is a time where you get busy and you don't have time to do absolutely everything or, you know, you're just not a visual person, no matter how much you try. You know, if you're if you're just not a visual person, you can't just not have good graphic design. You got to pay for a graphic design right. or you got to figure out, you, you know, you got to figure out what type of skill that you have that's marketable that you can barter, you know, like, so one of the most valuable things for me, because I made my own beats, because I did my own graphic design, because I made my own videos, because I mixed and recorded, like I was able to sell all those aspects of myself and make money to finance my entire music career for like the first five years, you know, like there might not be a demand for your music, but there's always a demand for other people trying to make music. Right. And most people just don't have the work ethic to, to to learn how to do it all. So you can take advantage of that. <laughs> you know, they might never go anywhere with your music, but you can still get your $30 an hour recording them. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's a, yeah, that's a good you point. can still get your, you can still get your $250 a beat, you know? And if, if you're just, if you have a work ethic, you have a hustle, you know how to sell yourself, 
you know, like rather than working a minimum wage job where you're going to be making like 250 or $300 doing a menial labor task that anybody with a pulse can perform, like, why don't you just get out and sell one beat? And, you know, that's an entire week worth working at Walmart. You know, I I know I used to work at Walmart. It sucks, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, like name any terrible job I've, I've done it. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, you got to be independent and that comes, um, you know, I, I think that being able to produce yourself and, and not have any cost that, I mean, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if that wasn't the case for me. I have basically zero production cost. The only thing my music costs me is if I want to buy a beat from another producer or if I want to buy a feature from somebody, that's, that's like my only cost. Wow. That's good. <laughs> so, I know why uh, I just so, talked to, you know, um, uh, Thomas from Humble Beast, and he told me it costs about thirty thousand dollars to put together a whole entire project. And, and that's that's crazy to me. Right. And you know, like when when I when I look at like my own projects, and I think it's like, all right, if I would have paid somebody at a comparable skill level as myself to do every aspect on this, my my first album would have been over twenty thousand dollars. Right. You know, and that's absolutely ludicrous because I've only made that like five thousand dollars off of it so far so you know so you can quickly just determine like if that's the way that you're going to do things that's an unsustainable business model and you're going to lose your shirt you know you're going to go into debt and you're going to be unhappy and you're going to get depressed and then you're going to want to quit making music because you started off with a stupid unsustainable business model like (laughs) i mean just being blunt you know um i think something else that comes along what you're saying though is like patience because I feel like a lot of people, yeah. they, they spend a ton of money because it's like, well, I don't want to spend, you know, two years learning how to mix and master and produce. I don't want to spend 10,000 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, that, and that, that's why you got to start as early as you can. Because, I mean, just be honest, this, this, this is a young person's business. Right. You know, like, you don't see a whole lot of people that pop off when they're 35. <laughs> you know, like, you, you, when, when you're in your mid-20s, you need to be like in it you know yeah, like you need to be ready sure. to compete like anybody um but but with that man like i think a lot of people you know um and this is something that a big mistake i made at the very beginning was uh i didn't have a whole lot of people that were around me that could give me good critique or tell me what was good and what wasn't and i was just so stoked that like oh man i made this by myself this is amazing. Oh, listen how I like recorded that dub or, Oh man, this is dope. Listen to how the beat fades out. I made it fade like that. You know? Um, like I, I thought that was, those are all just the coolest things. So I would like make mixtapes in high school and stuff. And they were absolutely terrible quality. There wasn't a single redeemable <laughs> aspect of that, you know? And w- what happened is even though each project kept getting better and better and better, you know, before college, I, I, I put out like five, projects just locally on mixtapes never online just like hard copy mixtapes when i was hustling them and and like but you know each even though everyone was getting better and better it's like i had introduced everybody to something that was terrible right you know so do you regret that like do you wish you would have waited or yeah absolutely (laughs) i just wish i would have that would have been objectively honest with me and just be like dude i'm sorry it's cool that you're doing this by yourself but you suck and you need to get better, you know, um, and tell me how to get better. Give me constructive criticism. Um, cause it, it wasn't until I even got to college where I had a completely new social circle that anybody would give me any time of my day of day with music because 
because like everybody from my hometown was like, oh man, that guy sucks, <laughs> you know? So like, it wasn't until like years later that some of the people from my hometown are like, what do you, whoa, he's actually like, he makes like real music now. That's wild. I remember he used to be really bad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so, and especially, and I'm lucky, I'm so fortunate. I didn't put some of that super early stuff online because I mean, once you, once you start doing that, then it's really, really hard. You got to basically just rebrand and start over, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you want to go down that. So, um, I think that's what know, NF this, did. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's crazy, man. I, I, uh, it's a funny story. I actually knew some people that worked for his booking agent at the time. And they told me, he's like, Hey man, this guy just got signed to Capitol. He's about to be huge. He's like, dude, I could probably get you a feature for like super cheap, like 500 bucks or something. And you know, I was still pretty broke in college at the time and they played me some stuff and like his, his album was already done, but they couldn't show that to me. They had heard it and they're like, dude, it's amazing his music right now that you can listen to isn't good, but just trust me, man. And I totally just didn't. I was like, Oh man, this guy isn't going to go anywhere. He's going to be like a major label plant. That's never going to work. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and then like two years later, he's like the, the biggest artist in Christian music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what, so which album was it that, that he had just done? What was it? His EP or his, uh, mansions? It, it was his NFEP. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he definitely yeah. blew up for sure. I know I got his, uh, I heard he had a free download on Rapzilla and it was called I'm Free. And back then, us and Rapzilla was releasing like a new song, you know, every day. And that was probably one of the only songs I really downloaded that I really enjoyed. And then I saw something else. He popped up somewhere else. And I think it might have been right before he got signed. And then eventually, like, I started seeing a lot more of them. And I got his Moments album. and um, But yeah, there was a huge difference between his Moments album and his, his current stuff, for sure. Yes, and nice so I think it was, you know, a huge rebrand, like you were saying. Yeah, totally. And and so, and so the big thing with that is if you don't have people that are willing to give you honest, objective, constructive criticism, it's almost impossible. Like... We're just not good critics of ourselves. We're too emotionally and attached to what we do. You know, it's it's just almost impossible. So, like, thankfully, I've met some very, very talented people that are brutally cutthroat, heart-stompingly honest, like dream-crushingly honest. You know, but but it's always it's always constructive. It's like, hey, you are off time right here. You need to be on time. Like <laughs> right. this song might might be able to go, but this chorus just is not catchy. This does not work, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know what um, you mean. So if you don't if you don't have that, it's just very difficult to ever ever get to a point where you're good because like just judging yourself, it, it's impossible to be impartial. Oh yeah, and I, I think it's important too. Like sometimes I think it's it's kind of dangerous to ask your loved ones for advice. I know yeah. I heard somebody say like if you're you know if if you're a music uh if you're an artist it's always best to go up to somebody that you might even barely know and let them hear something and then ask them their opinion on it because yeah. you know somebody that you that cares about you you know they're just going to say it's great no matter what and if you ask somebody else that don't really know you that well they're probably going to be more brutally honest with you yeah um so, you know, another thing that I think is really important for people um, to realize is that 
just because you, you you have to understand the nature of what's going on. Like the 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 barrier of entry is so low with music right now. That's why you have all the opportunity to learn how to do everything yourself and make a, like a, a a really amazing project off like a five thousand dollar budget of equipment that you buy and you have forever. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. The 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 flip side of that is that everybody can do that. So, I mean, like, it, it's just obscene, the amount of music that is uploaded loaded to YouTube and Spotify and SoundCloud every single day. Something ridiculous, like, over 25% of all the songs on Spotify haven't even been played once. Wow. <laughs> not, even, not even by the person that put it out. Not by wow. their mom, not by their Not once. <laughs> you know? Um, and TuneCore put out something, um, or I think CD Baby actually put it out, but something like 98% of people that put out an album on TuneCore, it costs you $10 a year to put out an album, will not make that $10 a year back off their album. Wow. So like, if you make $10 on your album, you are in the slim minority of success. That's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. So, you, you know, it, the, the idea that you can just put stuff out there, just it, it's false. It's, it's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Don't believe it. You know, so, so, but you don't let that be a roadblock. You got to think of in the mind of a consumer now, and you got to be like, all right, where do I find music? Where do other people find music? Generally, for whatever genre or niche that I'm trying to fit in, where do people go to find that content? How are people discovered, and how can I get on those avenues? You know, so, so for me, um, it was pretty easy to identify that like Rapzilla was kind of like the, the biggest site to go through on that. Um, so it's like, all right, so how do I get on Rapzilla? It's like, all right, well, I can submit. They might not post me. They don't know who I am. They have no reason to post me. Rapzilla, uh, you know, they're a business. They make money. If I'm not, you know, getting any traffic to their page, why would they post me? You know? So, uh, and that, that's that entitlement mentality. Right. Again, thinking things from other people's interests, you know? So I started to think and develop a plan of that. All right. So here are some artists that, I've been able to connect with that uh, that Rapzilla does care about that people do watch for that can direct uh, traffic. These will offer me value. These will offer me something to tangible that has a need that Rapzilla wants. You know, so like like being able to do a song with Gemstones and MC Jen and John Gibbs, like those people were bringing traffic to Rapzilla. That means people bring traffic to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. People will into my track because that person's on it and that's my opportunity to impress them to convert them as a fan yeah you know um but people just think that you can just put something up online and people will just find it but it's just false and so one of the trends and stuff i think with the music business now is because streaming has become so much more mainstream i mean not only are people not buying music they're not even downloading music for free and you know that's that's something that i do with myself like i it's more convenient for me to stream a song from a database off SoundCloud or Spotify, or I don't use Apple music. Um, but that's more convenient for me than um, downloading something on my phone and taking up valuable space on my, my storage and then having to switch to a different app. That's not as well laid out as Spotify or something else to go listen to a song that I downloaded for free, you know? So because of that, um, a lot of the blogs are starting to kind of take a hit too because um, a lot of what they relied on was free downloads and, and exclusive streamings through a website. But, you know, 
um, people are just on, on the major platforms like Spotify now. So what used to be the blog kind of niche of uh, introduction is really turning into streamless playlisting is really kind of just ruling the world right now. Um, you know, there, there are playlists that if you get just placed on, you're guaranteed to make a couple thousand dollars off your song within that month, just from the amount of people that will play through the playlist, you know, like the, the beast mode playlist on Spotify has like a million subscribers, <laughs> you know, right. like just getting any of these lists has the ability to introduce you to so many people to just break you really. Um, but because of that, those playlists are very difficult to get onto. And then you just have to identify the need paradigm of it, of, you know, what is their, what is the curator's model? How can I become, how can I present myself to have value to this playlist and cater to that and, you know, design your business plan and your release plan and your, even your content creation plan to an extent to cater to how you can actually find an outlet where people will listen to your music. Yeah, man. I know, um, I know it's interesting how like just today, like chance the rapper released that playlist. Yeah. And I guarantee you everybody wishes they were on that playlist. Yeah. Yeah, Forget like probably more so than they would even want to be like, I think it'd be more valuable to, to be on that playlist than it would be to even be on his album. But potentially, man, like his, you know, like it, it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, and, and I mean, like what a cosign, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it was, um, that was some really, really good stuff, man. I appreciate you you sit down and talking music business and strategy and all of that good stuff. Uh, before we let you go, if you would uh, go ahead and uh, let everybody know where they can find you at, where they can find your music at and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, you can, you can listen to me any, anywhere that music is able to be streamed or downloaded or bought or whatever. Uh, just search Modely the iceberg. That's M O G L I T H E iceberg with a u i-c-e-b-u-r-g um um if you search that i'm the only thing that's gonna pop up <laughs> and that's another that's another note that's something super important for artists too man like yeah people need to be able to find you bro like if your name is something generic it might be a dope name but like if i can't if i can't find you and i'm trying to what are the chances that somebody's going to stumble on you <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, that's the funny thing. Like, you can't have too common of a name, but it can't be too unique that nobody can spell it. Right, right. There's, and you know, uh, he dude's a Christian rapper. His his name's King, and he his K Y N G, but the Y is like that money symbol or whatever. He's like, bro, yeah. I don't know how to put that in my keyboard, and if I just search <laughs> King, like just spelling it out, like it doesn't come up. So it's like right. the only, and it's like, bro, like, I like your music, so I'm trying to find it, and the only way I can get to it <laughs> is if I go to somebody else that you're featured on, and then click a link from there. <laughs> you know, because you can't do it on a on a regular. Like I'm looking on my keyboard right now, and that symbol's not on there. But if you have your phone, you oh, can. It's like a secret key like you got to have like yeah. a keyboard extension to even type it so yeah, it's that's like a good a point but like sorry bro i can't get to you yeah i know uh but it's kind of like pro like before he changed to Derek minor you could not yes. find pro anywhere forget about it forget you about couldn't it. find it <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and, and, so, and that, that's a pe- people ask me about my name and stuff and it's like it would make a lot more sense for me to just go as Modely, but well, then I would have to compete in the search engine optimization for the protagonist of the Jungle Book. 
Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to beat Disney. And then on top of that, Modley is like a stupid common name in like other parts of the world. Like Modley is like Joe in Pakistan. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's something to keep in mind, you know, visibility and being able to be, be found easily. But yeah, search yeah. Mode, iceberg and that's the only thing that's going to come up. <laughs> Mode, good iceberg. How about, uh, so is that for everything for, um, Twitter, everything, Twitter, Instagram, my website, Okay. <laughs> you know, um, just everything. is it is it mowgli the com. but if you search mowgli the iceberg in google that'll be one of the first hits cool awesome all right man well like i said we appreciate you coming to hanging out with us and being on the business with bordeaux podcast of and course, and hopefully um folks will go out there and check you out and get your music and stream it or do whatever and yeah. uh and hopefully we hear from you and uh, have you back on the show one time man Sounds good. Appreciate it, Jason. All righty, man. All righty. That was the interview with Mowgli the Iceberg. Don't forget to go check him out on all music platforms, MowgliTheIceberg.com, and check out the rest of what Indie Tribe has going on. So, again, I want to thank him for stopping in and talking music business. I know there's a few music artists, especially indie artists, who listen to the show. So I hope, I hope, I hope that was helpful for you. If it was, please let me know over on businesswithbordeaux.com. Just leave me an email or a comment or so. Or if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, just leave a comment uh, there in the section below. And uh, and remember, if you're on iTunes, uh, if you don't mind taking a brief second to stop through and leave a review there on iTunes... Uh, it helps the show and I'll be honest, I don't know how much it helps, but you know, I just want to know your honest feedback. So that's really what it is. So if you want to leave a comment about the show in general or a comment about a certain episode, any of that would be fine if you do it right there on iTunes. And, um, I want to thank you again for listening. Thank Mr. Aaron Simpkins for being a patron of the show. He is currently the only patron. So you can join the patronage by going to. Uh, you can just head over to businesswithbordeaux.com and there's uh, there's two different pages there with links. You can go to the contact section or you can go to the support section. Either one of those has a link for the Patreon page and you can go there, support the show and get some extra footage here and there of uh, some video clips from select interviews that I do. So anyway, again, there's more business, uh, music business with the Thomas Terry interview, the Odd Thomas interview, and also the one with Brinson that we did last week. So we still have some great interviews coming up. We have Mr. Sean Grant from Trackstars. We have Mr. Ryan Righteous from Trackstars. And we have Mr. Derek Myers talking to us about videography, as long uh, as well as a couple others. So keep your ears open, stay posted, keep listening to the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. And I hope the start of 2017 it has been good for you and will continue to flourish for you and what you have going on. So again, I thank you for listening and God bless.